The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Hello, Michigan. Welcome to the Huge Show. Beautiful Tuesday afternoon, unseasonably warm Tuesday afternoon across Michigan. I am not Bill Simonson. Bill is taking advantage of the weather, I hope, uh, and called me in. I'm Jeff Risden, the managing editor of Lions Wire and Draft Wire at USA Today, uh, co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast. And we're going to talk a lot of football today. It's so much fun. Fun, good things going on with the Detroit Lions. Look, I, I I know they lost to Baltimore. I know it was a bad game, but uh, I'm not worried about it. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, we we got a fun show planned for you all today on the huge show. Got uh, we got to talk Michigan. Got to talk. Got to talk Pistons. We actually have Keith Langley from Pistons.com coming in in the five o'clock hour. Uh, the Pistons actually open their season tomorrow night. Uh, it sneaks up on you. Uh, the World Series is not even started yet, and we're already going to the NBA season. Uh, but uh, that, that, that's how it goes. That's that's why the NBA is is trumpeting uh, baseball these days. Let's talk some Lions. Uh, going to have my good friend Mark Schofield from, from SB Nation is going to come in. We're going to talk some general NFL, but also give it a little bit of an outsider's perspective on what's going on with the Lions and what happened Sunday uh, what, what happened with uh, the Baltimore game, and it is 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 it a one off, or is it something that you know we can you know worry about? Uh, so we'll talk with Mark Schofield from SB Nation. We'll talk about him in the four o'clock hour. Uh, coming up in the following segment after this one, we're going to talk with Anthony Broom from the Wolverine on Three Network uh, about what's going on with the Michigan football team and the sign stealing. Um, we're also going to attempt to talk about some football. They did actually win a pretty good game over the weekend. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk with him about that. Uh, like This whole sign-stealing thing, everybody does it. And I think that's, like, like as somebody who doesn't have a rooting interest in Michigan or Michigan State or really college football, I'm a draft guy. College football for me is work. I'm watching to evaluate players more than I have a rooting interest in who wins and loses. So my my thought on it is everybody steals signs, but how do you apply that to your football team? And I think the we're we're talk to Broom about it. He's gonna he's gonna give a lot more information on it uh, from the inside on paper trails, video trails, uh, what all's going on with uh, 
with us. It's just a crazy situation. And it's clear there's some motivation behind where it's coming from. And I think Anthony will get into that. I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he won't resist the chance to uh, talk negative about our folks down in Columbus there uh, because that's clearly where it's coming from. Like, we're, we're not naive. Um, but uh, the, I don't know, man. It, did, did Stealing Zions help them win? Was it 49 nothing over Michigan State in East Lansing? The worst beatdown that the Spartans have ever had in a, in a home game in, in what, there's 90 years or 100 years of. Spartan Stadium, like, come on. Um, they're, one of the things, and I'll go back, we'll talk a little bit of baseball here. The Houston Astros were accused of stealing signs when they won their World Series. And, and again, I don't follow baseball much at all. I do know that. But you still have to go out and hit the pitches. You still have to field. Um, you, you have to do things. Like, were they sign stealing last night when they lost 11-4? to If they were stealing signs, it didn't help them. If you can't execute, it doesn't matter. All the all the sign stealing, all the inside information in the world on what the opponent's going to do, is it going to matter if you can't stop it? Right now, nobody's stopping Michigan, whether they're playing on the level or not. They're 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 that good of a football team. Uh, so we'll talk with Broom about that. It's it's just crazy that this is dominating the conversation about the Michigan Wolverines, and it's it's unfortunate because this is a team that can win the national championship this year. They're as good as any team in college football right now. And uh, again, I, I'm an Ohio guy. I'm an Ohio Bobcat. I am not an Ohio State Buckeye. I'm an Ohio Bobcat. My Bobcats, by the way, are looking pretty good too. But uh, Michigan's football, it, it, it always seems like there's something going on around the team that takes away from how good the team is itself. And that's unfortunate because there's a lot of really good NFL, future NFL talent on that team. J.J. McCarthy is playing as good a football as anybody Sign stealing or not, they they still have to execute, and they're they're doing a dang good job at it. Uh, they, I, I'm I'm excited to watch what they can do. Uh, and, and going forward, to me, they're a team that can win the national championship this year. Um, sign stealing or not, um, they don't they don't need to seal the signs to be a very good football team. And I think that's getting a little bit lost in some of the conversation. And look, there, one of the things that's going on with it is yes, everybody does steal signs. Uh, Every team does it. Uh, I know Mac teams that do it. I won't say their names, but I know that they do it. The difference is, is that, and, and, and I'm going to read from the NCAA bylaws here because this this is where the rubber meets the road on what the possible infractions are. I can go to a game um, as a as an assistant coach or a, a staffer, which I, I believe is what uh, uh, Mr. Stallions is uh, for, for Michigan. He's he's in their recruiting department. And I can watch the other team, and I, I can read their their boards that they hang up with the four things on it, and that, that's how they're going to run their play and, and what their signs are. Like, I can watch that. I can't record it with a video, and that's where they're getting hammered right now is because there is surveillance video apparently from inside other stadiums of the people sitting in the seats paid for by Stallions, the Michigan uh, staffer, were caught videotaping that that is illegal and that's where you're going to get in trouble does that mean the michigan's the only program doing this probably not but right now they're the only team that's been caught red-handed and i think that's that's where the ncaa is going to be looking um so you cannot do um off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents i think they avoided that pretty well uh because he's not going to those games Uh, he's paying for those tickets um, and one of the questions I have is, where's he getting the money for those tickets? College football assistant staffers like that, they don't make a lot of money. 
Um, maybe he's you know keep buying them on secondhand market and reselling them. On, I I don't I don't know what's going on with that. But that's that's the problem is is that you cannot videotape it and and you cannot u- disseminate the information obtained from it to gain an advantage if you're an employee of the team. And that's that's. I don't know. It's a gray area. Um, so we're, we're going to talk more about that. We have plenty of time to talk about that. I, w- I do want to lead, though. I'm a Lions guy. By the way, this is Jeff Risen filling in for the huge show today, in case you missed that already. Lions, oh, that was heartbreaking Sunday. It was a rough Sunday. And it was rough from the very beginning of the game. It was one of those where um, I did actually pick the Ravens to win the football game, but I thought it was going to be close. I thought it was going to be competitive, and I didn't get any of that. Very disappointing um, as, as somebody who once sat in this this chair in this the studio here at 96 won the game in, in, uh, in Grand Rapids uh, uh, l- shooting across Michigan uh, through the Michigan Sports Network used to say it was a cider mill game. It was a game where if you had something better to do than watch the Lions get beat like a rented mule, it was a good day to do it. Um, I actually went down and cleaned my cat box. Um, litter box for a little bit just to get away from the stink of, of the football game. Uh, my cat's stink was better than that. It was it was a rotten game. Am I worried that that's something that's going to come up again? No, I'm not. I think that this was one of those, it was just one of those days um, to start singing the Limp Biscuit song. And I can't sing the rest of it because FCC violations prevent me from doing that. But uh, those of you who know the song, Break Stuff, it was one of those days you know, feeling like a freight train <laughs> coming at you. And uh, we were on the wrong end. Uh, as I said to, to my friend Brian Perkheiser from I Prevail, uh, who's a massive Lions fan, by the way, some days you're the dog, some days you're the hydrant. And this was just one of those days where they were the hydrant. Uh, Baltimore had everything going for them, and the Lions couldn't get anything working on offense, defense, special. It, it just wasn't there for them. I'm not concerned that this is going to bleed over. Monday Night Football. Las Vegas Raiders coming to town. I think the Lions are going to unleash fury upon the Raiders. I think this is going to be a terrible week to be a Las Vegas Raiders fan because what the Lions are going to do, and and Dan Campbell talked about it in his press conference yesterday. Um, He said, we will be ready. He said it in a tone, though, that was like, we will be ready or else. And I think that's the message to his players and to his assistant coaches. They were not ready for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and that's not a good team to not be prepared to play against. And I thought Campbell, to his credit, was honest about, you know, may- maybe we shouldn't have had the walkthrough last Wednesday. Maybe we should have gone a little bit more full speed. Maybe we should have done things differently. I'm going to look at how I coach the team, and I'm going to learn from this, and I'm going to apply it. That's very bad news for the Las Vegas Raiders coming in this week. Not not a very good Raiders team either, I might add. Uh, they just got their clocks cleaned by the Chicago Bears. So that tells you what level of opponent's coming. I don't think the Lions are going to overlook it. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a glorious rebound week for the Detroit Lions. I think you're going to see a focused Lions team come out. You're going to you're going to see them be all business in practice this week. Look, I'm not going to say that they needed a setback uh, or a loss because I don't think they do. I, I don't. I don't think they view things that way. Uh, I don't think NFL teams in general view things through that prism. Like there, there are no good, quote unquote, good losses for those of you watching on closed caption TV, um, which is none of you. Um, I am doing the air quotes with the the good loss, but 
this isn't a bad time to get that loss out of the way. Look, it happens to everybody. It happened last night. If you watch Monday Night Football, the San Francisco 49ers, who if, if you go on any social media network, whether it's X or Threads or TikTok or whatever else the kids are doing these days, the 49ers are like the team that Lions fans are worried about. Like, we got to be better than them. Well, last night, they weren't better than Minnesota. Minnesota's not Look, I don't want to write Minnesota off because they're playing some pretty good football. They've won three of four. They're a second place team, and they're they're the team that the Lions have to bury and and stay in front of. And I think I think I think they will. I'm not worried. But the way that San Francisco got beat, making mistakes that they don't normally make, and by the way, that's that's two weeks in a row that an aggressive defense has given them loads of problems on offense. Brock Purdy has looked much more like the guy who was the last pick in the 2022 NFL draft than the guy who was getting, like, in other votes, MVP, Brock Purdy, quarterback, San Francisco 49ers. Like, that, that, that's gone away after the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lesson to be learned there for the Detroit Lions. And it's something, oh, man, that Ravens game. One of the things, and I wrote about this at Lions Wire, and I would encourage you to check it out in, in the spirit of self-promotion and hosting the huge show. That's what we do. We self-promote. Nobody self-promotes better than the huge show. And I'm, I will self-promote my, my article on the Lions about an idea that I had, shower thought. Why don't the Lions just play defense against the mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, like Jalen Hurts, uh, like Geno Smith, like they normally play defense against everybody else because th- when they're playing anybody else, they're great. They're a top 10 defense. And you saw what happened when they tried to be careful. They're like, oh, we can't let Lamar beat us with his legs. Well, they didn't. He torched you over the top repeatedly because your coverage was softer, because your linebackers were worried, because your safeties were preoccupied with stopping the run. Stop doing that. Play defense like you normally play defense. And if he if he's, you know, gets 11 yards on a third and 10. So be it. He's Lamar Jackson. He is also an MVP candidate, as is Jared Goff. That's going to happen. That's what they do. That's what great players do. Make him do that over and over again instead of giving him the easy over-the-top passes. I thought the the playing soft and careful didn't work, and that's not going to work against the San Francisco 49ers either, and that's what Minnesota showed us. That's what Cleveland showed us. You go out and you punch those teams in the mouth. You stay aggressive. You play your game. You dictate the tempo of the game. You dictate how the game is played. In the two losses this year, the Detroit Lions defense has not done that. In every other game, they've done a phenomenal job of doing that. They're taking away what the opposing offense wants to do. They're telling the offense, hey, you try this, it ain't going to work. They didn't do that against, against Baltimore. They didn't do that against Seattle. There's a lesson there for Aaron Glenn, and I hope that he learns it. And I hope that he unleashes fury on the Las Vegas Raiders, and I think he will on whoever the quarterback is, whether it's the the beautiful Jimmy G or Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, the rookie from Purdue, who was actually uh, quite a bit better than Hoyer was Sunday in their loss to to, to the Bears. The Lions are a good football team, but I think you saw this weekend when they break character, when they get out of sorts a little bit, they're not that level of team. Uh, everybody was talking about, oh, Super Bowl contender. Yeah, they, they still are a Super Bowl contender because they're going to get into the postseason. They're still going to win 12, 13, maybe 14 games. That's probably a stretch. But the, with their schedule the way they are and, and the talent that they have, getting hopefully getting healthier, hopefully David Montgomery's back soon, 
the sky is still there for these lions. Like the sky is not falling. It's fine. They're going to be okay. I know there's a lot of people, the, the overreactionary crowd. I love y'all, but man, y'all got to get a grip sometimes. Like they're not going to fire Aaron Glenn right now. They're not going to trade Jared Goff. They're not going to trade Aiden Hutchinson because he didn't get, because he didn't touch Lamar Jackson. Like it's one game. You can't go from you can't have the vacillation of oh Jared Goff should be the in the MVP conversation too he's a bum don't extend him we got to see what else is out there like get a grip man like uh, the, uh, look I know it's diff- I know it's unusual to be rooting for a winning team I'm falling into that boat myself it's weird that the Lions are good it's hard to trust that they're good I have that trust. As somebody who's been a fan for this team since since the another one bites the dust, another one rides the bus days, I'm still feeling great about this team. It was one loss. Was it awful? Yes. Was it painful? Yes. Was it one game? Yes. And that's that. I hope that we can convey the rest of this week, um, all of us in the collective Lions media, because I think we're a fairly unified front on this. We all still see this as a very good football team that had a really bad day. And uh, hopefully there's no more bad days to come. I don't think it's going to happen this week. we got a whole lot of show to talk about that. But when we come back from our break, we're going to get back into the Michigan football scandal, snafu, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Anthony Broom from the On3 Network, Wolverine at On3, is going to join us and talk some Michigan Michigan football goings on. Hopefully we talk a little bit about the actual on-field product too, but we we, we got to talk about what's going on with the sign-stealing scandal. So when we come back, we will dive deep into that on the huge show across Michigan. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's Pumpkin Coin Toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m., and two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now, they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, Make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Save more, scare more when you shop Halloween at Meyer. Shop quality deals like buy two select Halloween snack, single, or king size candy. Get one free. Get two for $10 on select DiGiorno frozen pizzas when you shop with Emperks. And for last-minute shoppers, take 30% off Halloween indoor decor and 30% off adult and youth Halloween costumes. Find all you need for Halloween in one stop at Meyer. Exclusion Supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. 
Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking, and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. the huge show obviously this is not bill simonson this is jeff risden sitting in for bill today hopefully you're enjoying a nice beautiful day Uh, again it's a fantastic day to be outside get out stream this along on your mobile devices on the iheart app if you're listening in your car just just pull over somewhere safe and and enjoy the sun because uh, this will be the last time that we see 70 degrees for a while uh we've got a special guest coming in now we, we just have to do it because, uh, you know, there, there, as much as I want to talk NFL and as much as I want to talk NFL draft, we've got Michigan football going through, coming off one of the biggest wins that they've had in a very long time. And we can't really talk about the win because there's something else going on here. We've brought in Anthony Broom from uh, the Wolverine on three to, to talk about that. Anthony, thanks for joining me on the huge show. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the win over the Spartans and, and J.J. McCarthy and his drafts up, but we got to start with the the sign-stealing scandal, whatever it may be. Uh, give me your latest, he- what you're hearing on, on what's going on uh, in Michigan and from perhaps from the NCAA. Well, the first thing I'll say is I feel like the last two times I've talked to you, it's been amid some kind of scandal at Michigan. It has so, been. We've got to stop meeting this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as far I know, pretty much what's out there now, uh, given the the ESPN report on on Monday afternoon, um, you know, Connor Stallions bought allegedly bought thirty tickets in his own name uh, to eleven Big Ten schools over the last few years. Uh, sounds like he was sending. You know, he wasn't there. He's been a guy that's been on the Michigan sidelines, but uh, sounds like he was sending uh, people, associates, known friends, trusted agents, whatever you want to call it. Uh, to attend these games, and the allegation is that whoever was there in his name was also filming the the opposing sidelines. So uh, a lot of questions on that, a lot of gray area right now in terms of the NCAA rules on in-person scouting, in terms of what is actually, you know, who is actually a a university representative or a, a program representative when it comes to 
being at these games and filming these games and obtaining this information. So um, right now, just a lot of, I have more questions than answers. Like a lot of people do. I know, um, you know, some people are quick to jump to conclusions and to say, you know, vacate the last three years and shut down the program and this coaching staff needs to go. I, I need more information. Um, I think it's, you know, it's the old Ted Lasso quote, right? Be curious, not judgmental. I want to see where this goes next. Uh, but right now, I mean, in the rosiest possible picture or outcome for Michigan, it's still a major, major red flag. And if also part of that is that this is just a guy that went rogue and was trying to, you know, you know, court favor among the coaching staff. Um, you know, there are questions about, there's, there are a ton of questions about that too. When he was making 55 grand a year, buying thousands of dollars of tickets in tickets each year. So, and, and that's, you know, that's that exactly stuff. where I wanted you to go with it. And I thank you for, for reading my mind there. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a level, a staffer at his level is not somebody who's going to be able to afford these tickets, especially at places like Ohio state, Penn state. Uh, that money has got to be coming from somewhere. It, is is there going to be any paper trail that leads back to the Michigan program and or Jim Harbaugh? And like, so my take on it is I think Harbaugh probably had some awareness of what was going on, but I don't think he authorized. I don't think he was explicitly saying, I don't think he's that dumb, but clearly a guy in, in whatever his name's, his name sounds like a fake name. And I can't believe that he didn't use a fake name um, because if, it, if he was using a fake name, that would be a great one to use, but there's there's a paper trail, and is is that what's concerning Michigan right now? Is is where that paper trail leads to? I think that's a big part of it. Um, and again, I don't want to completely rule out that this was happening on his own dime too. I mean, it's the guy that, based on what's out there and what we know, uh, someone who really was kind of traveling on his own dime as like a volunteer uh, before he was hired by Michigan, uh, you know, to go to games and 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 things like that. So. I mean, if you're not doing anything all year and you're just kind of, um, again, I'm just speculating here. I don't so so let me ask you this. Dad. What is his general role within the Michigan program? I mean, he's listed as a recruiting analyst, but he's their side stealing guy. Like they're everyone. <laughs> it, it's well known that, he, you know, a lot of staffs have a designated guy on staff that is, you know, it, you're kind of a key cog in that chess match because it does happen everywhere, right? Like absolutely at hand isn't the, isn't the sign stealing itself. It's the means by which you are gaining, you know, the knowledge and the Intel and this information. So um, based on what I know, like he was that guy, he was responsible for, uh, you know, not only kind of decoding what other teams were doing, but also making sure Michigan signs didn't get stolen. So um, that's, and I know over the summer too, like he's, he's also been a key cog in, in terms of, uh, you know, pitching NIL to recruits and things like that. So um, that's kind of my understanding of what his role has been. Um, you know, certainly I think he was hired as an analyst in a full-time capacity, I think prior to last season, but uh, he has been with the program for, for a few years, in, in, you know, in a couple of, you know, at least going back to before the COVID season. I mean, I remember seeing him on the sideline and I don't know him personally, just seeing and knowing who it was um, sometime in 2019. And I'm sure it goes back before that too, but that's my understanding of what his role uh, with the program has been. All right. Talking with Anthony Brune from uh, 
on three network Wolverine. Well, yeah, easy for me to say Wolverine at on three network. Um, I'm, I'm still tongue tied by, by Connor stallions being a real name and not a pseudonym. Um, so just to be clear, and this is something that I think this is where some of the gray area, this is where Michigan fans are pushing back. Like you, you brought it up. Everybody steals, steals signs. I can't talk today. I need more coffee. Everybody steals signs. It's not illegal to steal signs. Like if I want to go to a game right now, I'm, I'm an Ohio Bobcat. If I want to go, our rival is Miami. If I want to go sit on Miami at, where I can see their signs and, you know, hey, the octopus means this. The duck means this. The, the picture of Bob Huggins means this. I can write that down and I'm fine if I deliver that to, to the Bobcat program. Coach Tim Albin, Mac coach of the year coming up. You know, I'll know that's going to happen. But if I record it with my phone or some covert device, you know, the, the, the Google vision glasses or whatever, that's illegal. And, and that's where they're getting into trouble with this, correct? Well, and also, too, like the gray area is that you, you in that scenario aren't a representative of the university. You're just a fan who went and filmed stuff and saw stuff and sent it in. And, and based on my understanding of the rule, technically, that would be fair game. Um, again, there's a lot of gray area here, maybe the grayest of areas, honestly. So, um, again, I mean, if, if I, it's, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, this is, there's no precedent <laughs> for this. Like, that's the crazy thing too. And, um, you know, we can argue the merits of, you know, the spirit of the rule and, and what's the purpose of the rule. The fact of the matter is it was a rule and in the rosiest possible outcome for Michigan, the rule was, you know, the line was straddled, straddled heavily here um, in the rosiest picture, uh, you know, if not outright broken. So to me, again, it's just it's this gray area. Right. And, you know, there's going to be more info, information that comes out. Um, there's going to be plenty of leaks, um, plenty of information, plenty of reporting, uh, whether it be, you know, from what evidence has been submitted to the NCAA um, and things like that. So. That's kind of the issue at hand um, is who was going to these games was, you know, was this being bankrolled by Connor Stallions or someone else or um, yeah, it's tough to say. Like I, that's just information I'm not privy to. So to sit here and speculate on it, it, like we are, that's one thing, but I can't say for certain yet what's going on. and, And I just, I need more information. Yeah, I, I appreciate your restraint on that and your professionalism because uh, there are some people who are willing to run with that. And uh, I'm glad you're not one of them because I'm not one of them either. Uh, we'll get some resolution in time, hopefully sooner than later. But it's it's taken away from a monumental like shellacking of Michigan State. And I think that the the, the enormity and just the complete devastation in that win, it really looked like a varsity team playing an eighth grade team uh, in high school football level. Like it, it was that overwhelming, like that obvious that, that Michigan was just that much better. It, how is the team focusing? Are, are they able to, to celebrate that a little bit and, and you know understand that, yeah, we, we did fantastic on the field, or are they sort of caught up in this too? Uh, well, it's easy to look that way when you have all the signs. For <laughs> <laughs> all that last few days, um, that's yeah, I, I. To go back to the team, I, I mean, I think to their credit, I mean, those players. Um, first of all, I mean, these players have no knowledge of things like this. Like honestly, like they are focused on doing what their coach to do, going out there, executing the game plan, 
and getting out, you know, getting out with a victory. And when you look at player execution, I mean, and maybe execution is the word. I mean, that was wire to wire dominance, the likes of which we, you know, we've seen this year for Michigan, but you know, to, to go into Spartan stadium, a hundred years of Spartan stadium and hand them their most lopsided home loss in program history is impressive by any measure of it. I mean, and it wasn't like, you know, they were ripping off 75 yard touchdowns and 60 yard touchdowns. And I know they had to pick six, but it was clinical. It was surgical. And when we talk about this Michigan schedule, you know, a lot of the discussion has been around, oh, well, they haven't played anyone. Well, if that's the narrative is how you perform against those teams is, is a lot more important than, than who the team is. Like, and it, it has to be thorough. It has to be dominant. And this was their most dominant effort yet. And again, I think those players, the way they locked in and kind of quite frankly, kind of rallied around what's going on, uh, I think deserves to be commended. I mean, there's still a human element in all this, Again, there's a lot of, you know, there are players that are learning stuff in real time the way that we are. Um, I, I, again, it's just... That, that's newer. a tough spot for them to be in, too. Uh, you know, because they're going to get asked questions, and they're they're going to know even less than we do, quite frankly, because that that's... Uh, uh, college students don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. They're They're more worried about, you know... You know, when can I get my next video game time on? You know, when when do I get a downtime? What am I having for breakfast tomorrow? That that sort of thing is a lot more in their minds than than what's going on with things way out of their control with the program. Talking with Anthony Broom from uh, the On Three Network, Wolverine On Three, uh, about Michigan. Want to want to get your thought on JJ McCarthy? I have uh, as a draft guy, uh, I am learning to love him more and more. I thought the way that he's played in the last two three games has been superb. I think he bounced back very nicely from a, a kind of an off day at Bowling Green. Uh, your thoughts on on where he's improved a lot, like technically um, and, and just, you know, how well he's playing right now. I mean, the, it, it's night and day. I mean, we saw kind of glimpses of him taking a step forward late last year when Blake Horn uh, was injured and, and out for the rest of the season. But, you know, this year outside of that Bowling Green game where he just kind of vomited up apparently all of the mistakes he possibly could have <laughs> in these first eight weeks of the season. Uh, he's been, we talked surgical clinical. That's what he has been. Um, and I know he doesn't have the dropbacks that a lot of these other, you know, pro prospect quarterbacks have, but you know, you go in and look at some of those advanced numbers. I mean, he's right up there in terms of EPA and, and, and all those types of things. Like he is their most valuable player and one of the most valuable players in college football. So you know, when I look at where, where he's improved, I think it's, you know, the game has clearly slowed down for him. I think that he's been more decisive as a runner too. you know, knowing when to roll out, knowing when to just pull the ball and, and make a play on your own. And the thing is too, I mean, where he's been so good is when, you know, that scramble drill type play where you got to roll out, you got to make something happen. He's always keeping his eyes down the field. And, you know, for me, I mean, if I'm, I, you know, there, there'll be debate with the guys, you know, you know, you're, you're the draft guys that, you know, who is he better than so-and-so is he better than this is he, you know, where does he rank? But, you know, you look at what he's doing right now. I mean, arm talent, check, accuracy, check, mobility, check, intangibles, check. Like he checks all of those boxes. So, you know, to me, I mean, you watch him play and again, I know he can technically come back next year, but you, you watch how he's played compared to, you know, some of the other guys in this class. And I don't know. I mean, 
I have a feeling he's going to be playing on Sundays next year. And he's going to be playing on Sundays for a long time, because I really do think that, you know, we can have questions about upside and, and decision-making and things like that. But he does to me, if I'm an evaluator, he checks pretty much all those boxes. It, it's been really impressive to watch. I'm with you on that. And just as a, as an aside, Caleb Williams, the last two weeks, last three weeks, actually two touchdown passes, three interceptions, uh, and they've lost two games. Not saying, just saying. Uh, McCarthy is, is looking fantastic for me from for, through NFL draft eyes, and I agree with you. I think the decision making that he's showing uh, is a big step, and that's something that that's going to help them win in Happy Valley. It's going to help them, you know, beat Ohio State, who I think they match up very well with on paper. Even though I think I'll, I'll get your take on this. My my thought is, is that Ohio State and Michigan have roughly equivalent talent. But the quarterback position is one area where Michigan has a huge advantage, and I also think that they just they match up well with what uh, with what Ohio State doesn't do well, and uh, it, it looks like both teams are steamrolling towards a. a I don't want to overlook Purdue, you know. I don't want to don't want to diss Penn State or Maryland too much because Maryland's kind of dangerous, but it sure looks like that game. Uh, what is that Thanksgiving weekend is gonna gonna be for for the Big Ten title. Um, your early, early thoughts on how Michigan might match up with Ohio State there. I guess I don't talk to you again before that. Yeah, uh, the early thoughts, I mean, uh, their defense is, is definitely improved from last year. I think they're playing a little more physically. Um, offensive line, though, I mean, I have questions about that. They can't really run the football. Kyle McCord is, you know, the numbers are, are good, but you know, he's, he's kind of a notch or two below that the talent they've had a quarterback, but yeah. it's those playmakers. I mean, Marvin Harrison jr. Incredible. Uh, Cade Stover, maybe the best tight end in college football, not named Brock Bowers. No disrespect to Michigan's guys. Um, yeah, so Michigan's playing pretty well there too. There. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they still have that firepower and I think at some point, you know, and maybe it, it doesn't get there because, because of Kyle McCord's feeling or what he's shown so far. But I think if Ohio state can just be the Ferrari that it is and stop by trying to be a snowplow, they, they could give Michigan some real problems. And and even then, you know, we, we saw how the game has gone the last couple of years, like Michigan's just found a way to get it done. But yeah, I mean, you look at that Penn state, Ohio state game um, to me, I mean, the game at Penn state's still going to be a battle, tough place to play physical football team, very good defense, but Michigan, Ohio State is, is going to be for all the marbles. And given that, you know, to be frank with you, a lot of these leaks coming out right now are from Columbus. There's even more. No, really? Right now. So uh, <laughs> just, a, just a hunch, just a suspicion. Um, you know, it has nothing to do with the fact that their head coaches accused Clemson and Georgia of stealing signs over the last few years. That's neither here nor there. Um, like they're not doing it. Like, God, it's it's. It's hard. So I'm. I'm so. I went to high school in Columbus. I went to the same high school as Trey Burke, uh, Columbus Northland. The paranoia that comes from that city, like like there's there's a fair amount. I'm not going to absolve Ann Arbor from this, but the paranoia that comes out of that program is just crazy, and it's it's ratcheted up a notch with Ryan Day at coach. It's it's frustrating. Yeah. So there's. I mean, <laughs> to me, I mean, the past, the more paranoid you are about stuff happening to you, maybe the more. You might be are doing something that you shouldn't be as well. Bingo! Yeah, just a hunch, just a theory. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I do think November twenty fifth is going to be a battle. Um, that's one that Ryan Day absolutely has to win. It's one that you know, given everything that's going on, Michigan has to win. I mean, both teams are going to be desperate to win that game, and 
I don't necessarily know that both, you know, there's a path for the loser to sneak into the playoff like they did last year. So I'm excited for it. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, but And again, we're, we're not looking past matchup. Penn State, but if Michigan's defense can do anything close to what Penn State's, uh, what Ohio State's did against Penn State, I'm not worried about Drew Aller beating Michigan because uh, he's not. He's not going to. And they don't have the weaponry to, to, to counter that either. So, I, again, you don't want to look too far forward, but I appreciate your insight on, on the Ohio State matchup. Uh, Anthony Broom from the On3 Network, Wolverine at On3, talking some Michigan with us. Thanks for joining us, man. And if I don't talk to you again before that Ohio State game, I'm going to hold you to what you just said uh, as gospel, even though it's more than a month away. <laughs> that's, that's totally fine. Hopefully the next time we chat, uh, it's not a mid-scandal and turmoil. But I would love to talk to you right about now. Michigan going to wherever they're going in the postseason and maybe some basketball, too, because I know you're a big basketball guy, too. Yeah, that'd be nice. But, hey, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what the future holds. All right, Anthony Broom, thanks for joining us on The Huge Show. Uh, we're going to hit a break now. This is Jeff Risden signing off for, uh, for a little bit here. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Holiday deals are here at Meyer. Don't miss out. Right now, you'll find half-price deals on some of your favorite brands. Hurry in and get 50% off Columbia Women's Outerwear and Apparel, 50% off Select Kids Activewear, 50% off London Fog Throws, and 50% off Edgar and Ash Young Men's Apparel. Plus, don't miss buy one, get one for a dollar Select Yankee Candle Large Jars. Shop Meyer now for super savings. These deals won't last. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to theurbanu.com to find out more. That's theurbanu.com. Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs. And maybe some mischief. Oh, my. The boys are backing down. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Sexy costumes. Hot dance moves. Your sensational night of fun returns. Hunks, the show, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Oh, my. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
All right, welcome back to the huge show. Wrapping up hour one here, and I'm going to talk about the weather because it's a beautiful day outside. It's 70 degrees. This is likely to be the last 70 degree day that you see in Michigan. So, those of you listening to the huge show across Michigan, this is Jeff Risden, um, amateur meteorologist, professional editor of the Lions Wire and the Trap Fire. Uh, celebrate the, the outsiders. Look, I know we like to grill all year. This is a fantastic day to fire up the grill because it's probably the last 70 degree day you'll see. The, I actually looked this up. The average temp, the, the first date of 70 degrees in a year is March 30th. So we might not see 70 degrees again for five months and a couple weeks. So get outside, celebrate it. Look, the huge show is available on the iHeart app. It's streaming everywhere that you want it to be. If, if you have the ability to be outside today, please take advantage of it. It's a wonderful day. You'll feel better. You'll feel better about the lion's loss. You'll feel better about just, just about everything in general with life because it's it's a nice day. Um, it's going to be crappy this weekend, bad for Halloween. So get outside and enjoy it. When we come back, we're going to talk some lions and some football on The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan on The Huge Show. Thanks for joining us. I am not the huge one. This is Jeff Risden sitting in. Bill, uh, I don't know what Bill's doing today. Probably golfing. It's a beautiful day outside. Wonderful, wonderful fall afternoon here in in Michigan. Uh, So I I appreciate him inviting me in to take over uh, for a day. Uh, From the first hour, thanks again to Anthony Broom from the, the Wolverine Network on three uh, for talking about Michigan. Uh, and we did talk some football, actually, instead of just uh, also talking about uh, the, the Michigan scandal that's going on. We're going to be joined now by one of my good friends uh, who is going to talk some NFL with us. Uh, we're going to shift it back to the NFL, and that's going to be our focus for, for a while now. Uh, the Lions and the general NFL. My good friend, Mark Schofield from SB Nation, joining us. Mark, it is great to talk to you live on the air. How's it going, buddy? It's going well, Jeff. Uh, it's great to hear your voice again. It's great to talk to you rather than just chat with you in the group chats or the DMs or the text. But how, how many group DMs are we in? Like eight? <laughs> something like that. It, 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 and it seems like the number keeps going up. And so, you know, that's that's what we do. It's, uh, it's we fun how Twitter up. has like gone more like private like that. Like uh, it, we don't actually really tweet has. much publicly anymore. We, we have conversations behind the scenes. And that's about all we do anymore. That's about all we do on Twitter, but it's fun. And, you know, and for people that are wondering what are the Twitter group chats like, they're basically like what you're about to hear. We basically <laughs> talk ball. We just do it behind scenes these days. 
hundred percent. So let, let's let's bring that to the forefront then. You watched the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens. It did not go well for Detroit. I just want to get your basic semblance of was that a one off or was that something that Lions fans should be worried about? I think it was, let's put it this way, Jeff. I think it was a one-off with the potential to be something bigger. And what I mean by that is, you know, we get often so caught up in, and again, we do it in the group chats of, oh, this was a bad quarterback game. This is a bad quarterback. This is a good quarterback, things like that. I really think the story of that game Sunday was Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator. When we get to, say, January and we start hearing what offensive and defensive coordinators are getting head coaching interviews or getting those head coaching looks, and you hear Mike McDonald's name, think about this game. Because he did such a very good job at sort of not confusing Jared Goff per se, but sort of stressing him from a decision-making standpoint. There were moments when... You know, the, the Lions would use motion. You see a defender trail it. You're thinking it's man coverage, but they drop to zone. And you've got to then, as Jared Goff, as a quarterback, reset your expectations. It's not so much that it confuses you, but it makes you hold the ball just a little bit longer. And he ended up getting sacked on one play like that in particular. Mike McDonald does a great job with simulated pressures. There was another play, the, the sack off the edge, where you have a, a nickel corner with a free run at Jared Goff over the left tackle. And it's because he's asked, Mike McDonald did, two defensive tackles to bluff a rush, take one or two steps. One of them even made sure to pat an offensive guard on the shoulder pad. And then they drop off into coverage. So you end up with two linemen blocking air and an unblocked free runner at the quarterback. You get a sack. Mike McDonald was in his bag on Sunday. And so I think for the most part, this is a one-off because they do, the Ravens do, so much in that simulated pressure realm, so much with what they can do in the secondary and disguise and mask coverages. So I think sitting here right now, it's a one-off. But I also think there's that potential, right? We know, Jeff, this is a copycat league. Other defensive coordinators are going to look at that and think, hmm, when we play Detroit later this season, what should we do? We should try some things like that. And so the issue will become now for Ben Johnson, who is a tremendous offensive coordinator. Okay, now we've seen what teams are probably going to try to do against us in the days and weeks and months to come. This is what we need to do in response. This is what we need to be ready for. And so sitting here right now, I believe it's a one-off. But if you continue to see teams throw these looks at Jared Goff and the Lions offense and the Lions offense struggle against them, that's when you have the potential for it to become something bigger. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Mark. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I, I I don't think that everybody else has the horses on defense to do what the Ravens did. I, th- I yeah. think, look, as great as the Ravens are, and make no mistake, that's a that's a team that can win the AFC this year. They're largely anonymous outside of of the general, you know, Baltimore DC DMV area, which, by the way, happens to be where you live. Um, and I, I'm sure that people there are fairly excited about what's going on with Baltimore. But not every team has, you know. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. Not every team has Roquan right. Smith and, right. and, and Patrick Queen and, and Jadavian Clowney playing the best football he's ever played. Uh, that, that's and that's the difference. You look at this Lions schedule going forward, and you know before this game, you looked at Detroit's schedule, and from where I sat, I thought, okay, this Ravens game, this Cowboys game. Those are the two games left on their schedule where I think, yeah, they'll probably be underdogs and it might be tough for them to win. You look at the other teams on this schedule, 
I don't think they have defenses like those two teams. I don't think they have the players like the Ravens do. I don't think they have the players like Micah Parsons and the Cowboys do. So I think that when you also take that into context, it'll be hard to see some of these other teams replicating the Baltimore did. Now, again, that Cowboys game at the end of the season, you might see something similar. Now you hope that Ben Johnson and company are ready for it. But the rest of the schedule, I don't think they've got the players on defense to do what Baltimore did. Totally with you on that, Mark. Um, let me ask you about the other side of the ball for Detroit because uh, the Ravens offense also had its way with Detroit. And in general, the Lions defense has been playing very well. Um, I'll sort of ask you the same question. Like, is this a one-off performance from Aaron Glenn's defense or is this something that other offenses that don't have Lamar Jackson and don't have the, the line that uh, the Baltimore has, is that something they can replicate against Detroit? Yeah, I think you sort of answered the question. I there. did, didn't I? How many, how many offenses have Lamar Jackson? And I think that's where this starts. I mean, you think about the Aguilar touchdown. When you have to cover eight seconds into a Good play, Lord. you're going to lose as a defense. I mean, plain and simple. When you can give a quarterback eight seconds or a quarterback can you know take five seconds because of the offensive line and tack on another three because he's Lamar Jackson – it's going to make life tough for you as a defense. Now I know Aaron Glenn tried to sort of keep him in the pocket. There were times where the rush lands were such that they were trying to sort of keep him within the confines of the pocket. But one of the things that Jackson has become so good at, and I don't think he gets enough credit for is the subtle pocket movement. There was a play earlier in that game where they're trying to flood concept to the left side and it's covered. And he's just sort of, using his feet to create a little space, looking more like a boxer than a quarterback that's running around back there, gets to the backside curl route and moves the chains. That subtle pocket movement has been a big growth in his game. And when you start thinking again, get into that schedule, get into some of the quarterbacks they're going to play again. You know, maybe Justin Fields, Tyson Bajant later in the season, Jordan Love again. Like, you don't see too many quarterbacks left on their schedule that can do the kind of things that Lamar Jackson does. You don't see too many offensive lines left on this schedule that can give their quarterback, even if it's not a super athletic one like Lamar Jackson, that kind of time in the pocket. So I think really this was a perfect storm of, you know, Lamar Jackson playing at an extremely high level, very good offensive line. As we talked about when the Lions had the ball, a defensive coordinator was dialing some stuff up with the talent that he has. And you come back to that schedule. Again, schedule is a big thing. Our good friend Kyle Krabs reminds us that all the time when it comes to the Steelers. Yes, he does. You look at the schedule coming down the pike for the Detroit Lions, and yeah, there's one or two games here that look to be troublesome. The rest of it, it doesn't worry me too much. Talking with Mark Schofield from the SB Nation, uh, who also does F1 coverage, which I know absolutely nothing about. But I, I appreciate you uh, branching off from not just being football guy. Uh, and your your passion for the F one, I got to say, it's infectious. I'm I'm tempted to tune into a race, but I haven't been able to do that yet. Um, so for the F one fans out there, give me like the lead story on what's going on in the F one world right now. Well, it's it's rather fortuitous because you know we're chatting here on Tuesday afternoon. I just got done interviewing Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren F one Racing. Uh, for those of you that are F1 fans, you know who he is. If you drive to survive, you know who he is. Um, McLaren right now is perhaps the big story because this is a team that was sixth place back in June. They had just 17 points on the season. Things were looking troublesome for them. They've rocketed up to fourth. And really, since that time, only Red Bull, Max Verstappen, and Checo Perez have been better. Obviously, the big storyline, though, for those of us here in the States when it comes to F1, Vegas. Saturday night, 
November, the Saturday night before Thanksgiving, they are closing down the strip to run an F1 race on the Vegas strip that has a start time locally of, I believe, 10 p.m. So it's 1 p.m. East Coast time. But can you imagine being on the Vegas strip? Casinos of Jeff, they're selling like $10 million packages to get a room to oversee the race. So the drivers are excited about it. Zach Brown, when I talked to him today, he was excited about it. When I interviewed Lando Norris back in April, he was saying, you know, the drivers were all excited about it. So that's going to be an absolute spectacle in November. Wow. That sounds fantastic. I, I might actually tune into that. I'm, I'm morbidly curious how that's going to go. Uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, did not know that. Let, let, cool. Let's get back to football. People, people wanted to talk about football. We watched a Monday night football game last night where the San Francisco 49ers looked very mortal and Kirk Cousins, Holland's own, I'll give West Michigan a shout out there, had a fantastic game against what's supposedly the best defense in the NFL. They haven't really looked like that in the last couple weeks. Is is the 49ers house of cards collapsing or do they just need a couple more aces thrown in there? I don't want to say the house of cards is collapsing because I think when you still look at their roster, they're a very good football team on both sides of the ball. They're talented on both sides of the ball. But we've seen this with some of the like McVay, Shanahan coaching tree, McDaniel even last year, where you get off to a very good start. You're doing some things offensively. The defenses are sort of struggling to figure out. You think McDaniel in that sheet burst motion earlier in the year Defenses are starting to catch up to it now. You know, defensive coordinators aren't going to just say, oh, I, I don't know what to do with this and throw up their hands and say, I, I guess we'll have better luck next week. They're starting to figure out some answers. And so now, as we've seen with these teams in the past, they've sometimes struggled to have that counterpunch, that response to what defenses are doing. I think that's the process offensively that the Niners are working through right now. I think Kirk Cousins had a very good game. This is still a very talented defense. He had a very successful night throwing off play action, which is something that he's shown he's capable of doing throughout his NFL career. And what's fascinating about this game is now you wonder, okay, I mean, I wrote it myself. Vikings, they should be sellers. Like it's time to accept where you are right now and get what you can. And you're sort of competitive rebuild. It's not working. Let's be serious. You know, now they're in a position where, you know what, Mark, you were kind of wrong about that. We can still stick around. And when you look at the bigger NFC picture, yeah, maybe you might say, okay, well, the division's probably out of reach yet. Maybe. The division's but out of reach, Mark. It's there. out of reach. They're not catching Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> They're not catching Detroit, right? But as the playoffs ended right now, Tampa Bay's the 17th, right? You can catch Tampa Bay. You can get in. Absolutely. You just need to get in and get give yourself that puncher's chance. You get Jefferson 100% for the stretch drive. This is a team that, given what we saw last night, would be – Perhaps that proverbial team nobody wants to play come January, maybe. By the way, they won that game last night without Justin Jefferson, their best yep. player. Uh, they did that against the San Francisco team that was coming Madison in. You know, in the end of that game, too. And so you think about getting them back healthy for a stretch run, could be a very dangerous team to see. Yeah, they're not catching the Lions, though. The, they they yeah. both have very weak schedules, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they both wound up in the postseason. I think that's what last night showed was that Minnesota, they're not, they're not going to be that easy out that uh, a lot of us in Lionsland wanted them to be. Uh, let, let me, so we, we talked about Kirk Cousins a little bit. Jared Goff, 
So Lions fans have gone with the gamut of emotions in the last week on Jared Goff from like, oh, he should be the MVP. Why are people not discussing him as the MVP? And I, I wrote that, that he should be in consideration for it. And now everybody's like, why on earth would we give that guy a, a, a contract extension after what we saw him do in Baltimore? Uh, is there a happy medium there? Or is, is, is again, are we judging too much from the Jared Goff that we saw in Baltimore? Or were we fluffing up, up a little bit too much because of what we saw him doing in Ben Johnson's offense earlier in the year? You know, I think it's a happy medium treaded more towards the side of this is a quarterback that's still playing at a high level. And like you, I was saying on our SB Nation Monday Football Monday show the past couple of weeks, Jared Goff should be in the MVP conversation. I, I, I still believe that even after that game we saw against the Ravens. I think he is playing the position at a high level. And I know the, the conversation about Jared Goff is often, well, you know, he's a paint-by-numbers quarterback. He's, you know, a process-driven quarterback. Like, he's a, a baker versus a chef, whatever sort of analogy you want to use. <laughs> I like that one. Yes, he does one. that. And I, I, that was the baker-chef was me, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, chefs, you know, you get a, a recipe that costs for half a tablespoon of something, you throw the whole tablespoon in, right? It's not going to really mess things up. But if you do that when you're baking, it's going to really mess things up. So you have to go step by step by step. Goff might be more that baker type of quarterback where, you know, he's going from one to two to three and doesn't really take some different decisions or go off script as much as other quarterbacks. But he still does it at a very good level, and he's in an offense under Ben Johnson, which – expands the sort of map for him and allows him to challenge down the field or at all levels of the field. And so I think he's playing at a high level because of the success of this team. We know MVP's a quarterback-driven award. He's got to be in that conversation, again, given their schedule, given how we envision the rest of their season playing out. Now, in that scenario, in that world where the Ravens game isn't a one-off and you start seeing teams, even the ones that don't have the talent the Ravens do, bluster him a bit, force some turnovers, they, they lose a couple of games that they probably should win, and then, yeah, he probably falls out of that MVP conversation. But look around the rest of the NFL. Again, for those that don't know, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I would love to have Jared Goff right now, okay? <laughs> so it's always a matter of perspective when it comes to being a fan. We live and die with our teams. I get it. I understand it. You go from a game like Tampa Bay to a game like Baltimore, and you run the gamut of emotions, but – Take a step back, look at the rest of the league, look at the rest of the division, if you're a Lions fan. Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. 100% agree on that. So I got to ask, how did it feel Sunday watching the Bills go down to your Patriots? Because that was that knocked out a whole lot of people in Survivor Pools this weekend. Yeah, me too, okay? I'm just one of them. <laughs> So, I mean, I was very conflicted watching this game, Jeff. Of course, there's the part of you that, like, look, it's the, it's the Bills. It's a rival. You're, you're making, you know, WGR and ESPN Rochester, two stations I love going on during Bills Patriots week. You're giving them some content because they're going to be sort of upset by it. But now I'm knocked out of my survivor pool. Now I'm wondering, oh my, is this the kind of performance that when we get to April, it's going to convince? Craft and Belichick that will give Mac Jones one more year and maybe we'll sign Gardner Minshew as our plan B instead of perhaps drafting a quarterback. So I was working through some mixed emotions, but at the, at the basic core of it, you get a division win against a rival and you put a rival's fan base into a bit of heartache and heartburn come Monday morning. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll pay for it down the road with some decisions they can made as a result of it, but it was still fun to see. Wow. You just, that sentence that you said there in the middle about, you know, will they give Mac Jones another year? Will they go to Gardner Minshew? I think that's good context for the Detroit Lions fans in do you extend Jared Goff or do you take your chances with, you know, a Hendon Hooker who hasn't played at all yet or the Gardner Minshews of the world? And I think that's, that's an important context. I'm glad you brought that up that way because, uh, by the way, yeah, Josh, I mean, what, what's wrong with Josh Allen, man? You, you were you were a, a collegiate quarterback uh, yourself. Tell me what's going on with Josh Allen because it's not looking great right now. It's very much the conversation that we had about Josh Allen doubted Mobile during his senior bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen is an extremely talented quarterback. He's played at times like one of the top five, four, three, two quarterbacks in the NFL, but at his core, he is at times the player we saw at Wyoming where I have to fix everything with my rocket right arm and my athletic talent to throw on the move. And there are moments when every solution, every problem can be solved by that ridiculous deep throw or that throw into coverage or vacating the pocket and rolling out to the right. You know, when he had that sort of nightmarish start to the season where he threw three interceptions in a game where they should have won because Aaron Rodgers was sidelined on the fourth plane. You've now got Zach Wilson. It reminded me of that movie, Tin Cup. You remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Golf movie. Kevin Costner just trying to rip that wood shot on the final hole of the U.S. Open rather than laying it up and playing it a little bit safe. Sometimes you got to hit the layups as a quarterback. Now, the problem with somebody like... You know, it's a similar conversation with Jordan Love, but the problem with Josh Allen is he's got that ability to make that spectacular shot, make that spectacular throw. How much do you want to rein him in? But what we're seeing right now is a quarterback that is trying to do too much with his arm. That first interception where, you know, Pepper sort of came off and underneath zone coverage, you know, that's not a decision you expect him to make, but he's there thinking, I don't care if he peels off on the underneath curl route, I can fit this throw in, and he can't. Sometimes you just got to take the layups. It's tough for a quarterback like Josh Allen of his talent, but with the what we're seeing right now from him in this offense, that's what he's going to do. That's that's not good news for Buffalo because their defense, the way that they're the injuries have hit and it's everything, that's up, yeah. that, that, that's tough, man. Um, talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation. Uh, so I want to get your, so obviously the big news here in Michigan is that there is some sign stealing going on with the Michigan Wolverines football program. I want to know, you live in the Metro D.C. area. Has that made any ripple at all in the news cycle there? Somewhat of a ripple in the news cycle. I mean, obviously, look, as you said, I live in the D.C. area, so our news cycles are a little bit different um, <laughs> than perhaps the, the rest of the country. Um, it's, it's made its way into the news cycle here, sort of a – what because this is – as strange as it sounds, yes, we have College Park, Maryland is 20 minutes from where I live. We are now technically Big Ten country. I think the fact that we now have, a, we, another thing we talked about in the group chat, we now have people pouring through Venmo payment history and trying yes. to read into what's a t-shirt. What There's a whole lot of t-shirt reimbursement, my friend. <laughs> a whole lot of t-shirt reimbursement. I mean, that tells you that this story is getting bigger by the day. And 
God bless college football. I mean, you know, we used to track planes. We used to track tail numbers to try to figure out coaching hires and recruited movement. Now we're going through the Venmo payment history. I just wondered, Jeff, what's next for college football to find? Like, are people going to start going into somebody's Spotify playlist and, and try to piece together where they might be signing based on what songs they're listening to? I don't know, but... College Sweet Home Alabama on, comes like, up on your playlist and yeah, you know exactly where somebody's going to sign, right? <laughs> Oh boy! Wow, that's uh, that's something else, man. So I, I got to ask you: the, uh, we are NFL draft picks. That's actually how we became friends. Very quick, um, like five word answer: Drake May or Caleb Williams? Ask me in November or April. <laughs> like, like, don't ask me now. That I mean, I let's put it this way: I could. The door was open for Drake May or like you know, establish himself as, okay, maybe this guy really is QB1. And then he tripped in the doorway and yes, lost to Virginia. And so now you start wondering, are we living in a world where somebody else comes through? If Michael Penix keeps playing the way he's playing? J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy. Oh, that touchdown throw he had Saturday night where he hit Woo. that post route come up. I could hear it. And again, friends, I'm in the D.C. area. I could hear the velocity on that throw. I think McCarthy has burst into the sort of first-round discussion. And not just the, oh, he's the guy that a team's going to take at the end of the first round to get that fifth-year option, but like the early first-round discussion. It's a good year to need a quarterback, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, there's, you know, Quinny Ewers. I mean, this is a very good year to need a quarterback. We're going to have to leave it at that because uh, unfortunately, we have more show to do and we got to take a break. So Mark Schofield from SB Nation, thanks, bud, for joining me and I will talk to you in the DMs shortly, I'm sure. Looking forward to it already, my friend. Have a great rest of the show, buddy. All right. Mark Schofield from SB Nation there. Love talking ball with him. He's one of my one of my favorite guys uh, and uh, graciously joined us for a little bit. Uh, here on The Huge Show. Again, this is Jeff Rustin sitting in for The Huge Month today. Um, hopefully you're enjoying the, the weather outside. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to do the weather report because uh, those of you who know me know I live for the weather. So uh, enjoy these messages and we'll be back. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Holiday deals are here at Meyer. Don't miss out. Right now, you'll find half-price deals on some of your favorite brands. Hurry in and get 50% off Columbia Women's Outerwear and Apparel. 50% off Select Kids Activewear. 50% off London Fog Throws. And 50% off Edgar and Ash Young Men's Apparel. Plus, don't miss buy one, get one for a dollar Select Yankee Candle Large Jars. Shop Meyer now for super savings. These deals won't last. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, Make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery.
Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs and maybe some mischief. Oh my. The boys are back in town. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Sexy costumes. Hot dance moves. Your sensational night of fun returns. Hugs. The show, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Oh my. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show across Michigan. Jeff Risen from Lions Wire and Draft Wire sitting in for Huge today. I'd like to thank Mark Schofield from SB Nation just dropping a ton of knowledge on, on the Lions, on the NFL, um, even on a little bit of F1, which was an unexpected detour that we took. But uh, I know there's a lot of F1 fans out there, uh, so I hope you appreciated that. Uh, I am not one. I'm, I'm just... Uh, I'm not against it. I'm more ignorant of it. It's just not something that ever came up uh, in, in my sporting viewing. Um, you'll much more likely to find me watching some college volleyball. Uh, and I watch a whole lot of that. Uh, the Risen household is is an avid. We have the Big Ten Network on just about every night. The, by the way, if you don't follow college volleyball at all, there was a fantastic match this past weekend between Nebraska and Wisconsin, number one against number two. Both teams were 18-0, went five sets. Uh, Nebraska actually pulled off the upset uh, phenomenal volleyball. There's some great women's volleyball going on in the Big Ten. Um, not so much in the state of Michigan. Michigan's not having a good year. Michigan State, their best player is now playing for Wisconsin, so they're they're down a little bit. But uh, it's it's a great year to watch some college volleyball. There's some fantastic volleyball being going on. But at the end of the segment, when we talked with my my good friend Mark Schofield, I promised that I would talk a little bit about the weather. So for those of you who haven't listened to me before. I do this every time I'm on. Um, when I used to sit in these in this studio um, back back in the day when it was Big Drew and Jim in here, um, I came in every Friday during football season. And one of the things that they let me do was they graciously let me read the weather. When I went to college, I went to Ohio University down in Athens, Ohio, go Bobcats, with the intention of becoming a TV weatherman. And my dreams were shattered because physics and chemistry were a little bit out of my pay grade to pass. Uh I do have a minor in climatology, if that means anything. Um, and it doesn't in the paycheck department, let me tell you that much. But the, the, we are having unseasonably warm weather. The normal high temperature for today is 59 degrees. Right now, let me look at the phone. It is 72 degrees here in downtown Grand Rapids. 
So it's likely to be, as I talked about at the end of the last hour, likely to be the last 70-degree day we get until the 1st of April, right around there. So please get out and enjoy it. It's going to be a great weekend for those of you who are, are in, in the, foot, the high school football playoffs. Great time to get out and watch. Uh, might be some rain on Saturday, but it's going to be warm. It's not going to be, I'll tell you what, two weekends ago, uh, I sat out in, uh, my, my, I'm a Zealander, um, Hollander. My kids go to Zealand East. We watch Zealand East play uh, Muskegon's Reese Puffer. Both those teams are in the postseason, by the way. And it was 35 degrees with a 30-mile-an-hour wind and raining at times quite hard. Uh, this weekend won't be like that. So if you're out there uh, and, and your high school football team is, is good enough to be in the postseason and, and fortunate enough to, to, to still be playing, good night to go see it. If you're coming to the Zealand East to Zealand West game, for the very limited audience of you that are listening on, on uh, 997 uh, WHCC in Holland, I will be uh, manning the grill for the concessions, so uh, come by, stay high. Uh, I'm the tall guy with. Uh, I'll be wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers hat because that's what I do. But uh, yeah, great, great. Uh, enjoy the weather, folks, because it's not going to be like this again. Halloween for those of you trick or getting ready for your your trick or treating in the costumes. Uh, that's that's next Tuesday. Producer Brett, can you believe that Halloween is is a week away? Like less, I, I it dawned on me like, holy crap, where'd this come from? It, uh, October cannot be over yet. But uh, we're getting close to it. It's going to be anyways, it's going to be a crappy day to be trick or treating. So if your costume is like, you know, caveman, maybe put on some fur um, instead of just wearing the loincloth because it's going to be cold and probably wet and probably windy and not a very pleasant time. Um, It's it's it. Look, we all know it. I grew up in northern Ohio. Um, I'm from the Cedar Point area to to make it simple. Um, Grew up trick or treating, wearing costumes that fit over a coat. Or a couple of hoodies and, and long pants and things like that. Uh, that's probably the way you're going to have to go this year. Uh, it was wild. Um, my family and I moved to Houston, Texas for a few years when my kids were little. And Halloween down there, the high temp's still in the mid-80s. And you go trick-or-treating, and if you're wearing like anything that's more than one layer, you're sweating your butt off, man. Like It's, it's brutal. Uh, so uh, the, the culture change there, uh, it, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, you'll you'll want to bundle up for that. Um, enough about the weather. You all don't want to talk here talking about the. You want to hear me talk about the Lions? Yeah, good football team. Still a good football team. Stop freaking out. Stop. The sky is not falling. Good football team. They got the Raiders this week. Monday Night Football. One of the things that they're going to be doing on Monday Night, they're debuting the blue alternate helmets. I love the blue alternate helmets, and I, I, I've been fortunate enough to see them in person. I have held one in my hand. If you were out at training camp this summer, you saw them. They had a giant one. Uh, they didn't actually wear it in practice. They wore it in practice, I believe it was Friday for the first time. But the, it looks better in person than it does um, seeing pictures of it or seeing it you know, on TV. It really does. It, it's captivating. It's beautiful. Um, they're going to be wearing it with the <laughs> the the color rush uniforms, the grays. Don't like the gray. I love the gray jerseys, quite frankly. I, I do. I wish they would be a little bit more silver, but those gray pants, man, they got to go. Enough of the gray pants. Put something on it. Put a lion on the thigh or something. Uh, they, they've done a very good job. Like I love, I love the dress whites that they wear. Um, those have been phenomenal. They're very well received by the fans. The white on white on white. 
This time you're getting the blue helmets. Man, if they wore the blue helmets with the whites, oh, that'd be beautiful. Oh, baby steps. We're getting there. By the way, new uniforms could come as early as next year. We haven't had a chance to talk to Rod Wood about that, the team president. Uh, that's sort of where he, that's about as deep as his fingernails get into the actual on-field product um, is choosing the uniforms and things like that, doing surveys, things like that. But uh, he has nothing to do with the trade deadline or anything like that. Oh, trade deadline, Halloween. How could I forget? Oh, my gosh, I'm lapsing into my duties here. The NFL trade deadline is 4 p.m. on Halloween. So before your kids go out trick-or-treating, before you go trick-or-treating, wear a costume. And Hey, if you're 55 years old and you come to my door and you're wearing a costume, you're getting candy. Trade deadline is coming up. Everybody wants to know what are the Lions going to do? Who are they going? Are they going to get Derrick Henry? Are they going to get Chase Young? Are they going to? I really don't see it, folks. Don't see them making any moves one way or the other. Look, it's fun to speculate. It's a lot of fun to talk about what could happen if Chase Young joined this defense. If Derrick Henry came in and joined the offense, you know Jerry Judy. Although he's very much shown not to be a Dan Campbell. Type of guy he is not cut from the lion's cloth um they're very well aware of that so i i don't see that happening i don't see them making a big move i don't i'm sorry i know a lot of people are you know you want you want that that one signature move that can put you over the top there's a couple of reasons why i don't think they're going to do that number one i think they believe they've got enough right now that they don't need to bring that in they might not be right about that I would question that they're not right about, but they believe that this is a team that drafted a first round running back. They have David Montgomery, who was one of the five best rushers in the league before he got injured. And he'll be back perhaps as soon as Monday. If not, there's a bye week then. And then they'll be, they're not going to trade whatever Tennessee is going to be trying to extort for the $10 million left on Derrick Henry's contract. He's a free agent at the end of the year. That's just not something that they're going to do. Maybe because the depth is a little bit shaky, they'll make a move for a guy like Dearness Johnson out of Jacksonville, uh, you know, third, fourth stringer um, from from some random team. But they're, 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 the guys that they want, they've got them already. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna go out and get somebody that's going to play over guys who have been here all summer. That's just not what this team's gonna do. Chase Young again, would he look great across from Aiden Hutchinson? Heck yeah! Oh my goodness. Uh, a healthy Chase Young, and by the way, he's playing pretty darn good football this year. But now you're looking at, okay, what are we going to give up to get him? And he's going to play over Josh Paschal or John Kaminsky, um, guys that have played pretty good football. Now, they didn't have a very good day in Baltimore, but in general, those guys have been pretty solid players. The, the Lions are happy with what they've got. They think they have enough. Again, they might be mistaken on that, but they're going to they're gonna ride with what they got. Uh, I, I really don't see it. And, and when I've talked to, to agents, when I've talked to, to people who cover other teams, they're not hearing anything about Detroit, like at all, like not buying, not selling. Um, it's just not something that I think you're going to see them do. So it, it should be a quiet day. Um, we did. And so as the managing editor of the Lions Wire, one of the things that we do with USA Today with our wire sites is we get things where we all have to contribute as individual editors from all 32 teams. And this week's question, and I published this this morning at Lions Wire, um, it's on all the other wire sites as well, was we were asked what one player could your team most likely give up? 
And this was a difficult question because I don't think the Lions are looking to sell either. Remember last year, TJ Hawkinson went at the trade deadline. They don't have anybody in that situation right now. And this was tough. Uh, it was tough for me to come up with one, honestly, because I don't think that they're they're looking to sell either. I think they're 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 good with what they got, and they don't, they just don't have any superfluous players with all the injuries. I chose Rodrigo, and I'll say it right now: I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think that they're looking to move him. But as I had to write, because we we do have to participate, and we can't just write nothing. He is the most likely player to go of anybody that another team might want. Um, obviously, it would be great if somebody gave them something for Will Harris. Nobody, nobody's, if you think the player sucks and he's exploited the way that he was in games repeatedly, ain't nobody else going to trade for him either. Don't you, th- you think they don't watch film? You think they see that? Like, that's not going to happen. Rodrigo has some value. This is a guy who's he's played one defensive snap and, parenthetically, two fullback snaps in the last three weeks. He's played specifically only on special teams when the linebacking core is healthy. Again, I don't think that they're looking to move him. I don't think that he's like fallen out of favor or anything. He's just not as good as Derek Barnes or Alex Anzalone or Jack Campbell playing linebacker. The Lions play two linebackers roughly 88% of the time on defense, and when they play a third... It's in a pass rushing role. Uh, that's not what Rodrigo does at all. So he, he's he's depth. If somebody wants to give them fifth round pick for Rodrigo, or or one of the so as trades go these days, we'll send you Rodrigo in a sixth round pick, and you you give us back a fifth. That's that's how they do it. Maybe that happens, but I, I really don't see that happening. So I think it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline. I, I hate to you know step on the the enthusiasm of everybody who's got all these visions of grandeur in their head, but you know, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to make these moves because I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're – look, will the phone ring? Yes. Will Brad Holmes listen? Yes. Will he maybe call other teams about available players? Probably. That's his job. I expect him to do his job. I don't expect any landmark moves that's going to move anybody's pulse or make the team better or worse in any way. It's just just not how they're going to roll. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, yeah. When we come back, look, we, we've, we've killed two hours already almost. When we come back, we're going to do a, a fun thing. The Piston season's kicking off tomorrow night. Um, after a little bit of a break, we're going to talk to Keith Langlois and, and talk some Pistons, but we'll also get back into some Lions as well. So uh, thanks for joining me. This is Jeff Risen on The Huge Show. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. No one cares what you've been through. No one cares about your hopes, your dreams, your desire to make a difference in this world. Guess what? That isn't true. Law enforcement cares. That's why people join the force. Maybe they came from a world where those things are true. Maybe they didn't. But here's something they have in common. They do care. Maybe you should consider being around people who truly care about you. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org and start the conversation. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. 
Go to TheUrbanU.com to find out more. That's TheUrbanU.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's Pumpkin Coin Toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m. And two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Roast Umber is a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Jeff Riston back on the huge show, uh, filling in for Bill today, and I very nearly um, had to go on injured reserve here, trying to sit in his chair. So a little logistical update. When we do this show, normally I'm standing over there, and I'm gesturing to my right, instead of sitting at the big board where Bill is. And Bill does this show standing up. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Bill sit down. So I attempted to sit in his chair here, and darn near got swallowed and thrown backwards this is like this is a pretty nice chair, but he has just abused it so much that like I, like the back is like perpendicular parallel with the floor. I don't I, I don't know how this happened, but I darn near darn near tore some things in my body that I don't want to tear. I'm getting too old for this. I, like I'm a lot taller than Bill, and maybe maybe that's my issue there. But my goodness, uh, now I see why he does the show standing up all the time. <laughs> When we come back, we're going to talk Pistons. Uh, NBA season starts tomorrow night with Keith Langley from Pistons.com on The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented 
by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Welcome back to the huge show across Michigan. Final hour today. We've made it this far. Let's keep going. Let's let's keep rolling here. Uh, this is Jeff Risen sitting in for the huge one today. Uh, again, hopefully everybody is, is enjoying the nice weather today. Somebody who's about to enjoy a lot more indoor weather is joining us now. Look, the Detroit Pistons tip off tomorrow night. The NBA regular season is at our doorstep. So we have brought in Keith Langloy from Pistons.com to talk some Pistons. Keith, welcome to the huge show today. Thanks, Jeff. How's it going? Very good. Uh, I'm I'm excited for for this basketball season, but I'm I'm excited to watch the rookie. Um, tell me about what what I'm going to see from Alcer Thompson this coming season. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been the buzz of training camp, no doubt about it. He was, uh, you know, he had a very good summer league. Uh, I think he was one of only two players in summer league who played at least three games to average a double double, and he's pretty much kept that up through the preseason. Um, you know, averaging uh, 9.3 rebounds a game for a wing player who you know spends most of his time guarding on the perimeter is pretty outstanding. He's he's you know <laughs> even in the uber world of NBA athletes, they're the you know they're the they're the one tenth of one percent athletes in the world, and and this guy stands out athletically uh, among that crowd. He's you know he's six seven. He's he got an not just a great jumper, but an incredibly quick jumper. He's got good vision. You know, he gets a he gets a defensive rebound and becomes a one man fast break. He's going to guard. He's going to guard the best. You know, the best perimeter scoring threat every night, which will alleviate that that burden from uh, from Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and all those guys to you know give them a little more uh, uh, latitude to you know, expend their energy on the offensive end. Um, so yeah, these, there's no doubt that they, they feel very good about, uh, you know, everybody was crestfallen on, on the lottery night when, when the Pistons, when the worst possible outcome for the Pistons was what came to happen. They, they dropped down from the number one spot to number five, but, um, you know, I don't think they're lamenting the way the draft turned out right now. They, they really like this guy. Pretty good consolation prize to get a guy like that. A wing that can rebound, um, and play defense. And, and by the way, he can score too. And uh, that that's at least my next one. Like, how's he going to fit into the scoring mix with with Cade um, coming back healthy with with Jaden Ivey hopefully taking a step in a second season? Is he going to be a guy that's going to score much or be asked to score much, or, or how's that going to flow? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be asked to score, but I think he's going to be a guy who's an opportune scorer. Is just you know he's going to go, he's going to get loose balls, he's going to he's going to get some some points in transition, offensive rebounds, you know. He's going to be a guy who, who who scores without having plays called for him. I guess would be the best best way to describe that. Although Monty Williams did say the other day, I think it was Sunday after practice, he said, you know, we're going to have to at some point look to put the ball in his hands a little bit because he really liked what he saw from him. And he, he said he ran two uh, two plays in the final. Pre- I think I believe it was this preseason finale at Dallas last week and. They ran two pick and rolls with with him as the ball handler, and, and he created baskets on in both occasions. But I think, in, you know, by and large, I think he's going to spend a lot of time on the floor with Cade Cunningham, and eventually with with Boyan Bogdanovich. And those guys are going to have, the, you know, the, those are going to be the two guys that have plays run for him with that unit. And uh, and and Asar Thompson will be a guy who gets his his scoring done opportunistically. The Pistons need that. Uh, talking with Keith Langloy from Pistons.com. Uh, on the eve of the Detroit Pistons uh, facing the Chicago Bulls, I believe it is, uh, in the, the opener, uh, we get, we haven't seen glimpses from Cade Cunningham. 
How has he looked this summer, and how what's the buzz around him going into the season this year? Well, he ramp, you know he's ramping up slowly. I think the first time he really played uh, competitive five on five would have been he was either very late July or early August at the at the uh, USA basketball camp where he and Jalen Duran were invited as part of a of the select team. And actually, Cade turned down an invitation to be part of Team USA because of concerns about uh, you know he wanted to really be able to manage his rehabilitation better than being a part of the of Team USA would have allowed. But by all accounts, he was an outstanding there, and there was you know there was a lot of buzz from you know every every NBA team has as front office personnel at those things, and it was pretty unanimous that that Kate Cunningham was one of the two or three best players in the gym, and and by all rights could have been on the uh, on Team USA. So I think he's looked uh, probably not as sharp uh, in preseason as we would expect him to look in a month from now. But you know we got to remember he missed. <laughs> he missed all but 12 He's coming off so, a big injury there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, significant injury, but also I think it's just – I, I think that the, it's not the type of injury that creates long-term concern, so that's the good news. But you, you're off for so long, it just takes a while to get back into playing against, you know, the best athletes in the world. So it's going to take him a little bit of time, but I think he's going to – I really do think this is going to be the year that he breaks out and people say, okay – that's the guy who was the number one pick. That's the future all-star. That's the guy who's going to be the centerpiece of this franchise going forward. That's what, that's what everybody's hoping for because uh, I tell you what, when I, when I watched him play in college and, and what for little we've seen of him in the NBA, there's there's a whole lot to like about Kate Cunningham. But uh, it's it's starting to be time where people are getting a little antsy. But uh, it sounds like you're confident that he's going to have a breakout season or at least show a lot more of, of what he what he can do. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. If he stays healthy, he's going to be he's going to be a really, really, really good player and, and worthy of of the number one pick. And you know, as long as as the pieces fall in place around him, which I think there's a lot of those guys in place right now. But I, look, I think that you know, I, I don't want to dampen enthusiasm because I think it's going to be a very interesting season. But with with Bogdanovich and Monty Morris out to start the season, uh, you know, they have four guys on the team that are over over 25 years old. I would have those two guys of those four. Those two guys would have been the ones that had the most central roles. Bogdanovich's shooting is going to be so important to that first unit, and Morris, I thought, would be kind of like the quarterback of the, of the bench unit. And I think their depth is the best it's been certainly since you know the the heyday of the the going to work era broke up in 2007-8 or around then. Really nice depth, but the depth takes a hit with uh, with those two veterans out for a while. We really there's no timeline. I don't know what to tell you about when they'll be back. And I think the, you know, the the, the starting lineup. I what it looks like will, will be the starting lineup tomorrow or tomorrow night in Miami. Will be three twenty-two year olds, a twenty-year-old, and a nineteen-year-old. I'll guarantee you. Uh, That's precocious, right many, there. Many, wow. Yeah, there's going to be many teams in the Big Ten that have average ages of older than the Pistons. Likely starting five tomorrow, and then the, the most important guy, if if if. If it holds, um, I think Jaden Ivey's probably coming off the bench. So you got another 21-year-old is the most important guy coming off the bench. They got seven guys, 22 or younger, and they're all playing. All of them, with the arguable exception of Marcus Sasser, are going to play very important roles for this team. So you know they're young, and the one thing we know about the NBA is young teams take their lumps. So how fast it comes together, you know, if Bogdanovich and Morris get back. Uh, within the next week or so, I think they got a chance to, uh, you know, to get off to a decent start, but schedule did them no favors. They, they open at Miami and at Charlotte, they're 
one of, I believe, only five teams in the league that has their first two games on the road, and then they come home for their home opener Saturday night against Chicago on a back-to-back. So a tough start to the season and two important injuries to start the season, but you know, they're, everybody's got everybody's got something, and uh, they're going to have to deal with it and find out really for a young team. They're going to find out really fast what the NBA is all about. My goodness, that's I, I you know now that you say it, like I've I've looked at it on paper. I'm like, yeah, they look young, but when you say it that way, Mike. Goodness, they are they are very precocious in Detroit this year. Uh, talking with Keith Langley from Pistons.com. Um, your early impression on what kind of a difference Monty Williams can make as the coach? Well, I mean, he you know he walks in the door with a, with a you know, enormous credibility. One of the front office guys um, with the Pistons or very early in training camp was said you know, he said you know like I don't know the guy very well right now, but I'll say this: he certainly commands a room. Um, and you know, again, the, the, what we just talked about—those young players—they are very, they're very impressionable, and and their impression of him has been, you know, they are they all hold him in in very high regards. I asked. That's so um, good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I asked I asked Jaden Ivey about him on uh, on media day three weeks ago, and and Jaden Ivey actually got choked up talking about him. I talked about how you know wow. what. The, the impact he expected Monty Williams to have on him. Cade Cunningham talked last week about how he loves how he's just just you know very plain spoken and honest with him. And there's the, you know, the most important thing for a head coach in this era of basketball is communication. And he's a he's a he's an ultimate communicator. Um, and uh, you know uh, also I think what's what's a very good sign for the future of the Pistons is. You know, the, the, if 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 Cade Cunningham is who we think we think he is, the, the relationship between the head coach and your best player is, is always critical. And I think those two guys, uh, I, they're going to fit like hand and glove. And I think that's going to be a very productive union for, for the Pistons. And and you know, that was that was my impression coming into camp, and that's only been you know reaffirmed doubly since uh, over the last three weeks since they gathered. It's got to be music to the ears of everyone listening here on The Huge Show. Talking with Keith Langlois from Pistons.com. Uh, the Pistons open the NBA season tomorrow night in Miami. Home opener is Saturday, correct? That's uh, Right. Yep, Saturday against Chicago. Yep. Going to be a fun ticket to get this year. Um, and is there anyone who's on the roster who's like caught your eye as like, oh, I didn't know he could do that, um, aside from obviously Osser being – being what he is, um, anybody who's like, like, oh wow, maybe he can do more than we expected from him. You know, Marcus Sasser for a rookie. I, I, if they, if everybody's healthy, they've got a really deep backcourt, and I don't see him being part of the rotation. But they're going to, uh, you know, it won't be. It certainly won't be long. By next year at this time, he will be firmly entrenched in the rotation. He's just, he's a really, really good shooter. He's, uh, you know, he's got the, a great mindset about him. He plays defense. He gets into the basketball. Um, they really, you know, they loved him. You know, you you always say on draft night we got the guy we wanted. Well, it, there's no question they got the guy they wanted because they've traded two future draft picks to move up from 31 to 25 specifically to take him. Um, they got the guy they wanted, and he's been everything they they thought he would be. That's good to hear. Um, so, last question before I let you go uh, and, and enjoy the. Uh... The festivities of of the day before your your real work starts. Um, optimistic ceiling for this team. Can they sniff the the play in games, or is is it it's still a year away? Uh, you know, I would lean more towards it's still a year away, simply okay. because of what we just talked about. But yeah. you know, that, yo- that youth man, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, here's the thing. I think 
I, I, look, I've, I've followed the NBA for a long time. The, the NBA has never been deeper. There's never been, you know, there has never been more good teams than, than there are right now. You, you have to go back to 1978, 79. That was the last year that there was no team in the league that won 55 games. I think that's a real possibility this year simply because there are no, you know, there's not five or six teams at the bottom of the league that are or are the bottom of each conference that are easy wins and you know it's just going to be that 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 makes it tough for the for the best teams yeah that also makes it really tough for the teams struggling to to climb the ladder you know the, the Pistons won 17 games last year if they double their win total that would be a monumental task but 34 wins last year would have got them tied for 13 so you know it's it's a it's a heavy climb i i don't know that you make that leap in in one season but you know, experience for all those guys that we just, those seven players, 22 and younger, they'll come back and they'll be seven players, 23 or younger next year. And that, that one year of, of experience and, and maturity will, will make a big difference and it'll give them another year to find out about themselves and, 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 you know, kind of add where they see vulnerabilities to, to address those. And, and, uh, you know, but, but yeah, Troy Weaver on, on media day said his goal was, to play 82 meaningful games this year, he's not going to put a, any you know number on wins. He's not going to put a ceiling on it. That's a good approach. I like that. Yeah. So that's that's their goal. They want to you know they don't they want to get to the trade deadline with still you know uh, having a, a mathematical chance of, of of making some noise and playing meaningful games into March and and early April. Wow, that, that, that young talent, man. That, there, there's, there really is a good core. This is one of those seasons where you, you like, you start to see, like, okay, this is how it's going to come together, and and it starts. You know, this is the, the initial spark for a team that can can catch fire and and get somewhere over the next two, three, four seasons. Um, like you said, the NBA it's wide open this year. Uh, I, I was I was looking at you know. Uh, I like to bet on on win total over unders, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to put any money down this year because this is that's a strange year coming into the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be there's going to be it's going to, you know no like I said there's not going to be there's not going to be many easy wins on anybody's schedule, and that goes for the best teams as well as, as the teams that, you know struggling to get out of the lottery and then hoping to gain some traction on their future like the Pistons. All right, Keith Langlois from Pistons.com, enjoying the the last day before the Pistons season. Like, I'm excited for the Pistons this year. This is going to be a fun watch. This is going to be a fun team to watch uh, and let them grow. So uh, thank you for joining us on The Huge Show, Keith. Anytime, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Really excited about what this Pistons team can do. You know, they're, uh, like like Keith said, you know, they're, they're not going to be there this year. This is not a year where they're going to sneak into the, the playoffs. They might, maybe, if everything goes well and everybody stays healthy, you know, sniff the play-in games. But uh, th- th- I tell you what, there, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic if you're a Pistons fan, not just about you know this season, but coming forward. Uh, you know, Kate Cunningham making that step. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be someone that you're going to be really happy is in Detroit. And I know, I know he's had a rocky start with the injuries and you know being a little bit less aggressive or especially around the basket than you wanted to be. But uh, it's there for this team to, to take. And I'm, I am very excited. You know, I live in West Michigan. We're, we're here live in, in the, the spacious studios of 96 won the game in Grand Rapids. I love getting over to Pistons games. I can't wait to get over to the pizza box and, uh, and watch a couple of games this year. Uh, and uh, you know, I went to two last year. They won both of them. So uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Pistons people need to get me over in there more. Um, I, I got to work on some connections there. Hopefully, may, maybe being on the huge show can can help me get some connections there on some business tickets. 
Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk. We're going to get back to the Lions because you know I'm a Lions guy. We got we got a big game coming up. We got Monday Night Football coming with some blue helmets. I have some thoughts on that uh, and uh, just general other things. So uh, thanks for joining in the huge show today. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle with Tim Stout. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day only at SoaringEagleCasino.com. Still five more games, three on the road for Michigan State's football team yet to play before this difficult season finally comes to an end. The Spartans have lost five in a row. They just endured the worst loss in the history of Spartan Stadium in its 100th year. Michigan State is a one-touchdown underdog for Saturday's game at Minnesota, and maybe by some respects, it's better the Spartans go on the road even though they have not had any luck there. At this point, it's a question of trying to keep the team together, in my judgment, still playing hard. It had to be deflating when the Michigan game got out of reach early on, and it was a tough night and a long night to be sure. Any chance for a win at Minnesota? The Spartan players have questions to ask. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you. 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, TV 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m., and two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade, This special limited edition canned cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Right. Welcome back to the huge show across Michigan. Jeff Risen sitting in. Thank, big thanks to Keith Langlois from Pistons.com for breaking down 
Well, it's going to be an exciting season for the Pistons. Look, they might not get a lot of wins, but uh, they're going to be fun. Uh, I, I, I have to give it up, though. Producer Brett, you are the man. I came in here today wearing a Coheden Cambria concert t-shirt. Brett, unbeknownst to me, has queued it up, and I didn't ask him to do this, but he played Coheed as my buffer music for every segment. So thank you for that. All the fellow children of the fence out there, thank you as well. They were a ton of us at Royal Oak last month uh, catching Coheed playing my personal favorite album, um, No World for Tomorrow. Great one. Uh, so th- thank you for that, man. I-, I appreciate that. Like it's not many people would would understand how much that means to me, um, and and also my daughter who is hopefully listening uh, on her way to volleyball today. Uh, we we are big children of the fence ourselves. But uh, let's get back. Look, I-, I really enjoyed the Pistons. I'm very excited about the NBA season. So as a football writer, um, and I, you know, I-, I I write for the Lions. I cover the NFL draft um, extensively. I don't get much free time between that and my kids' sports. When I do. I watched the NBA. I am a big NBA fan. I have been for a very long time. Went to my first game back in 1978. I saw Bill Lane Beer back in the day playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm big Cavs fan. Um, I'm not. I'm not one of those homers though. Like I I tend to appreciate good basketball. I think my Cavs are going to be pretty good. I think the Pistons are building the way that the Cavs have to get up there. Um, It's just like a year or two behind. I'm I'm excited to watch Osir Thompson. Uh, and do things like that, but uh, that can't believe the NBA is here already. Can't believe we talked about it earlier in the show. Can't believe the NFL trade deadline and Halloween is a week away. And uh, look, got got a little bit of feedback on the social medias about my relative lack of excitement for what the Lions might do at the trade deadline or not do. Look, I I would love to tell you again that you know. Oh, they're going to go out and make a, a, a splash move that's going to bring a big name in, that's going to you know help them you know potentially get over the top. It's just not what this team's going to do. And one of the things that I didn't talk about in the last the last segment that we talked about it, that's not what this team wants to do. This is a team that is good, and they're good because they draft and develop. This coaching staff is phenomenal at teaching. Um, from from offensive line coach Hank Fraley to linebackers coach Kelvin Shepard, um, defensive line coach John Scott, uh, wide receivers coach Antoine Randall-L. All these guys are really, really good at working with young players, molding them, showing them how to be better NFL players. The, the internal development of guys like Aleem McNeil, Aiden Hutchinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, um, even Taylor Decker, um, as, as advanced as he is, is, is one of the few Lions that, that's you know over 28 years old. That's what they're good at. That's their secret sauce, as my co-host on the, on the Detroit Lions podcast likes to say. The, the draft and development is an advantage that not a lot of other teams can do. If you're trading draft picks away, you're taking away from the strength of your team. You're taking away from what differentiates them from a Chicago, from a Cincinnati, from a from a Miami, um, which has to import all of its good players from from other places. That like that's what they do. That's not what the Lions are. That's not their identity. Their identity is to find guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, find guys like Derek Barnes, who's taking a big step this year, Kirby Joseph, who's not having a very good couple of weeks, but I think is still a, a very good player. Getting a guy like Brian Branch. Like that's 
That's what they do. This is not a team that's you know gunning for outsiders. Um, not not a team that's going to give up a third round pick that they can turn into a, a a Kirby Joseph or parlay in a draft day trade to go up and get a Brian Branch, things like like Sam Laporta. That's just not what they're not how they're built. That's not how they're designed. That's not their mindset. That's not their organizational flow or mission statement. Draft and develop guys that you know will fit, guys that you know will work. Look, the one guy who's been an outlier in that whole situation is JMO. Jamison Williams is different than most players this regime targets. So far, not really working very well. And I, I'm not really throwing the towel or anything on JMO. And by the way, they're not trading JMO. Um, first off, the same reason you would want him gone, other teams are going to see that too. He's fast, but he doesn't run great routes and he can't catch. Well, give me a first round pick for that. Like, no. Uh, very, I don't want to say no teams because there are some stupid teams out there. It doesn't feel like other teams would value that to give the Lions. Enough to, to say, okay, yeah, but we're going to throw in the towel on a guy we traded up for in the first round last year um, just because he's off to a slow start um, and he's showing progress, but not quite enough. And, and the fans are upset that he, you know, isn't doing what, what we need him to do. Like that's think about the team. Think about where they're at. Think about Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. Does that sound even remotely plausible to how they would think? Nah. So, look, I know there's a lot of people that are very angry with JMO. I'm personally frustrated that he hasn't shown more. Or I shouldn't say that. He hasn't done more. I think he's shown it. We've seen it in practices. Like, when I get over to Allen Park, I watch him. Like, he's practicing hard. He's catching passes. Not all of them, but enough of them. He does things that you're like, yeah, man, bring that on, man. That, that, that's a great NFL talent right there. It hasn't translated yet. I would hate to give that up now at this early juncture. He's played, what, 10 football games? I'm not, not, not even 10. I think it's eight. To give that away and then watch him go to, I don't know, Miami. or, or Everybody goes to Philly like Kevin Byard, the safety from the – I don't know, I don't know how Howie Roseman and, and the Eagles do it, but I don't want him to go somewhere else and become what the Lions think he still can be. I want that to happen in Detroit, and I think they do too. I, I don't think I know that they want that to happen. So that again, I don't want to be the the bearer of bad tiding or the dream killer, but they're not. They're just, that's not what they're going to do. That's not what this team is built about. Just step back a bit, you know. Think about where this team has come from. How did they get from being o ten and one and in in heck one year ago? This team was one in six. I did a mock draft where they had the number one overall pick. They controlled their own destiny for the number one overall pick. Since then, they're what, 13 and five? Like <laughs> 13 and four? That's, that's incredible. They got there because they target guys in the draft, they cherry pick guys in free agency who fit their corporate mindset, who fit their culture. Smart guys off the field, guys who live, die, breathe, eat, sleep football, guys who are smart, intelligent football players on the field. 
Doesn't mean that they're not going to get fooled in games. Uh, Baltimore did a great job. Baltimore won. Tip your hat to them. That's a great football team in its own right. But they want, that's the kind of guy that they want. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, <laughs> no, no buyer's remorse on that, right? You, you don't want Trayvon Walker anymore, do you? You don't want, you don't want, uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's you know gets a few sacks, but also gets beaten an inordinate amount as for the Giants. Like they have their idea of the, the a Detroit Lion. That's not coming from the outside. Very unlikely to come from the outside if, if they're coming from another team. And the other thing is, why is another team giving up on a guy? If it's a good football team, they're not getting rid of guys. Uh, I'll be honest, the, the Kevin Bayard trade, um, but. He, he is one of the most anonymous, really good players in the NFL. He is a very good safety. Uh, he is a a pro bowler, um, has been a, a second-team all-pro. Doesn't get the recognition because he plays for the Titans, who are kind of an anonymous team, um, and th- they have fallen on hard times. They have salary cap issues. They're 2-4. and four. They're not going to win the AFC South. Um, they're playing out the string with Derrick Henry, who I do think could get traded, could uh, I don't think that they're actively shopping him because I don't think that they they think that they're going to get the, the the amount in return that they would when he leaves at the end of the season. Okay, so here's the deal with the, the trades. They're going to get a comp pick for when he signs somewhere else, probably a third round pick. If you're not giving him a, if you're not offering at least a third round pick for Derrick Henry, they have no point whatsoever to even consider trading him away. Aside from the fact that they're going to have to eat a lot of the salary. Um, he's due $10 million the rest of this year. Lions aren't paying that. Texans aren't paying that. Chargers aren't paying that. No no team's paying that. They're not getting rid of him unless you're making them an offer better than a third-round pick. So you want to give up a second-round pick for 10 games of Derrick Henry. That's giving away Sam Laporta, who's having the best start to a tight end career in NFL history. Let me repeat that. The best start to an NFL tight end career in history. They got him with a second-round pick. Brian Branch was a second-round pick. Fantastic player. Future leader, future all-pro, future Kevin Bayard. This uh, <laughs> plays the role a little bit differently, but you're giving that opportunity away to rent a 30, what, 28, 29-year-old Derrick Henry, pay him however much money, for 10 games when you already have David Montgomery on the team, when you just drafted a first round pick and Jameer Gibbs, like that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Look, I know he's a name. I know he's fun to watch. God, he's fun to watch. You're going to have to watch him do it somewhere else. Probably still in Nashville. Uh, that That's just not the way that the Lions are going to be built. As for who they might give up, talked about it, had to, had to write it. You know, Rodrigo is the most logical one. I don't see that happening. Uh, I had a brief conversation with someone um, that you know sort of let me know that well, if if they're wowed by an offer, they'll they'll think about it. And that, that's like the depth of of how much they're looking to move people. So th- don't see much action happening at the trade deadline on Halloween uh, coming up uh, a week from now. Um, actually, at this time next week, we will know uh, if they've made any moves or not. The trade deadline is Halloween, October 31st at 4 p.m. And uh, we will have all kinds of Lions coverage at at Lions Wire. Uh, Again, I don't think I'm going to have to write too much. Um, (laughs) As as I often say when I'm here on the the huge show, 
Uh, by the way, this is Jeff Risen, the managing editor of LionsWire and DraftWire, sitting in for Bill today. I want to thank him for uh, taking the day off and, and getting me on emergency duty to come in. Uh, I got to sprint out of here real fast to catch uh, my daughter's last home volleyball game at Zealand East Coast Chicks. I, uh, I, I just don't see the Lions making a lot of moves there, and I, I love to pre-write things. I have not pre-written anything one way or the other on the trade deadline. I do have a piece that's going to drop tomorrow morning if I ever finish it. I'm quit procrastinating and adding to it about my thoughts on the draft process. And it's something, um, it's basically like shower thoughts. I, uh, for whatever reason, there, there's a clarity that comes. There's a peace of mind that comes from standing in the shower and just thinking. And I try to replicate those. I'm not taking video of myself in the shower because ain't nobody want to see that, especially my wife. But I, uh, I, I, I try to channel it. So I have some thoughts coming on LionsWire on that tomorrow morning. Please check that out. Um, it's fun. It'll be a fun read. It'll be a good read. Um, even if you don't like what I have to say, I, I, ho- I hope you enjoy it. Uh, on that vein, I have to give a quick shout out. For most of the years that I've been covering uh, teams with the wire, um, and I started with Browns wire and Texans wire, uh, my first day was Christmas Eve of 2016. I was primarily a solo act. And I am very happy to have guys like Zach Moran and uh, Russell Brown chipping in. Andrew Harbaugh has has, has become a, a very valuable contributor. I've got a team now at Lions Wire, and I love it. And I want to thank those guys personally for being great to me, helping me out, allowing me to do other things like focus more on the draft um, and, and do things like this, sit in here for, for a fun Tuesday afternoon um, instead of being a slave to the grind so much. So I, I really do appreciate the team, and uh, please check their stuff out. Uh, we do a lot of stuff in conjunction with the Detroit Lions podcast, where I am a co-host. Uh, we will be going live tomorrow night at, I believe, 7 p.m., and we'll be talking more about some of these things as well. We get a lot more in-depth into what's going on with the Lions there. So if you like the Lions talk here, I would encourage you to check that out. It's the Detroit Lions podcast. Check that out on YouTube and on the social medias at Detroit Lions podcast. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And I, I just got the other thing I want to thank before, before we get out of here, before we're running, we're, we're running a little tight on time here, but uh, just wanted to thank the, the Lions fans. Y'all are great. Well, most of you are great. Some of you, like the people who send me threatening emails because I picked the Ravens to beat the Lions, and don't threaten my kids. Uh, that's not cool. Most Lions fans are really great people, and I enjoy the interactions. I enjoy the social media rapport. I love like going, going to a, an opposing volleyball game or a, a high school football game and having people come up and talk to me like, yeah, the Lions, man, that's great. I got it the other day when I went to the gym working out, playing a little pickup basketball. Um, which my knee won't allow me to do again for a while, but uh, especially not in this chair. My God, getting out of this chair is gonna it might kill me. Um, I, I love the interaction. I love the positivity. I love the general tone of we can believe, right? We can believe we're not gonna get hurt. We're not gonna get. I'm I'm right there with you, folks. I understand the concern. This is a very good football team that I think is still going to win 12, 13 football games host a playoff game. They can beat anybody that they're playing in a playoff game anywhere, especially in Ford field. I'm very excited and still bullish. Look was bullish. Isn't even the right word for it. Like ebullient, which is where bullish comes from, by the way, the etymology for you nerds out there. This is a great football team. This is the best lions team. I can remember at least going back to, 
the Herman Moore, Barry Sanders, Lomas Brown, Chris Spielman heyday, and that, that didn't last long enough and it didn't attain what it wanted. This is a team that is built to be good, this good this year, but you know what? They got a chance to be even better next year and the year after that. Look quickly around the division. Green Bay Packers. Think they're finding out that Jordan Love ain't it, folks. Think they're finding out some things that maybe their coach isn't isn't simpatico with it either. The Bears, at least a year away. Great for Tyson Bajan to get his first win. I'll, I'll throw a bone to the Bears fans. That was pretty cool. It's neat to see him. I got to interview him at the Senior Bowl last year. Fun guy. His dad will rip your arms off and beat you over the head with him. He's a world champion arm wrestler. I don't think there's any quarterback controversy coming in Chicago, but it's cool. It's a cool story. And they beat the Raiders. You know, that's nice. They're, they're, they might escape last place and put the Bears there. I think the triumvirate fandom of Bears, Lions, and Vikings would all love it if the Packers finished in last place. I think we can all collectively root for that. And with the way that the Vikings took care of the, the 49ers last night, with the way that the Bears are coming on, um, showing a few things beyond just being Justin Fields running around like a chicken with his head cut off and, and making the occasional play, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a Lions fan, man, because they're just not there. Um, the Vikings, I'm not going to say they're not dangerous because what they did to San Francisco, that was legit. And we talked with Mark Schofield early in the show about that. You know, that, that that's, that's not a team you can sleep on, but the Lions are better and they're poised to stay better because Minnesota has some cap problems. And oh, by the way, Kirk Cousins, they got to pay him again or they got to find somebody else to take over for him. I don't know about that, folks. Um, it, it's a great Great time to be a Detroit Lions fan. Don't let one loss ruin that for you. It's been a phenomenal year. Look, they're in first place by a game and a half. If you would have told anybody that, even at the beginning of the season, that you're going into week eight, you're five and two, the next best team in the division is three and four. You've already won in Kansas City. You won in Tampa. Pretty good football team. You beat the Atlanta Falcons, who, by the way, are a first-place football team right now because they beat the Buccaneers last weekend. They're, it's great. They're, they're so fun to watch. It's so fun to be around this team. Don't let one week, one miserable week, and it was, I'm not going to, it was awful. I'm with you all. That was, that was a rough watch Sunday, man. If Again, if you had something better to do on that Sunday, I hope you did it. Hope you got out to the cider mill, went apple picking or something. Um you're not going to see that again. You're really not going to see that this Monday against the, the Las Vegas Raiders coming into Ford Field on Monday night. Oh, man, that's going to be. Oh, I'm looking at producer Brett, and he's just looking at me like, you've got this glow about you, and I know I do, but uh, that's going to be fun. We're going to come back on The Huge Show with one final segment, but uh, again, thanks for tuning into The Huge Show today. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking, and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. 
So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to TheUrbanU.com to find out more. That's TheUrbanU.com. Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs. And maybe some mischief. Oh, my. The boys are back in town. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Sexy costumes. Hot dance moves. Your sensational night of fun returns. Hunks, the show, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Oh, my. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan. For the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Holiday deals are here at Meyer. Don't miss out. Right now, you'll find half-price deals on some of your favorite brands. Hurry in and get 50% off Columbia Women's Outerwear and Apparel, 50% off Select Kids Activewear, 50% off London Fog Throws, and 50% off Edgar and Ash Young Men's Apparel. Plus, don't miss Buy One, Get One for a Dollar Select Yankee Candle Large Jars. Shop Meyer now for super savings. These deals won't last. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to the final segment of a beautiful Tuesday afternoon on the huge show across Michigan. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This is Jeff Risden uh, from Lions Wire, Draft Wire, Detroit Lions podcast. Look, Bill called me yesterday and was like, hey, can you get in tomorrow? I'm like, it's kind of tough, but I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you, Bill. Hope you hit him straight today if you were out on the golf course, which I kind of suspect you are because it's beautiful weather outside. Uh, I had a lot of fun today. I want to thank our guests who came in today. Anthony Broom talking about the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Uh, Broom over at Wolverine on 3 Network. I, I, thought he, I thought he did a good job of, of not extrapolating beyond what is actually known publicly. Um, you can get in a lot of trouble speculating. I thought he did a good job of not doing that. Thank him for the information. Uh, we also happened to talk a little about J.J. McCarthy and a very good Michigan football team that could very well win a national championship. Uh, we had Mark Schofield, good friend of mine, good old friend of mine, SB Nation, uh, one of their NFL writers. He also happens to write for F1, and we had a little divergence into there, which uh, I learned something today, uh, and I thank Mark for that. Uh, by the way, he he, I loved his conversation uh, talking about the Lions and what happened in Baltimore if you want to catch that and you missed it live, you can catch it on the the uh, podcast. Look it up uh, at, at the Huge Show Michigan Sports Radio Network. It's all over the place. You can download it. Listen on your own leisure. Listen outside because it's a beautiful day outside. But I, I thought what Mark t- talked about was a very good point. Um, he's not all that concerned. Uh, we also had some fun talking about J.J. McCarthy as an NFL draft pick there, too. 
Uh, finally, we we had Keith Langloy from Pistons.com. The Pistons tip off tomorrow night in Miami. NBA basketball is back. I'm very grateful for that. Keith dropped some great information. It's time to be excited about this team, this Pistons team. They might not win a lot, but they're going to be fun to watch, and you see them, you see the young core coming together. As Keith said, they're younger than some Big Ten basketball teams this year, so they're going to have some lumps, but there's also a lot of potential with that team. Been fun to watch. Thanks to everyone for the Lions fans. I will do one quick thing here. If you are still alive somehow in your Survivor Fantasy Football, pick the Lions this week. This is Jeff Risen. Thanks for joining in the Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge.